This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Good, how's it going? Not bad, and also joined on this special episode by Razor Rob. How's it going, man? Hey, all you horror punks and goal rockers, welcome to Robbing with Horror. A special guest from the audio anxiety side of the universe, Razor Rob is here. I'm doing great. Good. Now, you better be doing good with what movie we're doing. <laughs> what movie are we doing, Brett? Oh, fucking. Well, the last decent nightmare movie. I would disagree with this statement, but I'm, I'm <sighs> pleased to hear that from you. <laughs> Knowing your hatred of it, I'm pleased yes. to hear that from you. Because there are still points in this one that I do enjoy, and I will point them out, but there's also parts that I'm just like, what the fuck is that? Why is there a fairy princess in this movie all of a sudden? <laughs> all right, let me break this down for the listeners. Brett is a Nightmare on Elm Street despiser. Hater. Hater. Not despiser. Hater. I like it. I also will point out the bullshit we get in a lot of the sequels, where Rob is the way that I am with Evil Dead, or Brett is with Friday the 13th. So, to balance this out properly, we had to get Rob back in here. I will say that this is the last good one until uh, Wes Craven comes back for New Nightmare. New Nightmare is unwatchable. (laughs) We'll get there soon. Did we'll you get say it's unwatchable, sir? It's unwatchable. It's horrible. That kid sucks. Miko is amazing, and I'm sorry. If you understood children, Brett, you'd understand. <laughs> no, I understand kids in movies. I've watched many movies with kids in them. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're horrible. A kid can make and break a movie. Well, if you understood kids in real life, you'd understand that kids randomly do dumb stuff, just like Miko does in that movie. Well, that's why I have cats. Okay. <laughs> Alright, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which is going to be way too long of a title for me to type out, from 1987, directed by Chuck Russell and written by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner. Thank God Wes is back. Okay, so imagine if you're Wes Craven, you make Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a huge hit, everyone loves it, except for Bright, but like it's going all over the place, and then you say, I don't want to come back for a sequel, it's not a story that needs a sequel, but they do one anyway. And you see Nightmare on Elm Street 2. What is your thought process even walking in when you're like, oh, I'm coming back for writing this one. I have to course correct a little bit. What's your thought process? Because Nightmare 2 is weird because they, they took Freddy out of the dream and brought him into the real world. They break off all the rules. Now it's a body break... possession. It is bullshit. Yeah. No, Nightmare 2 is good. No, I'm, I'm not saying Nightmare 2 is bad. It's it could have been better if Wes had some, uh, you know, some spice thrown on top, and he was involved. The best of the series, Brett. What's your thoughts? Like, if you're drug into the situation now, where you see, look how they massacred my boy. It almost seems like the Toby Hooper thing with uh, Texas Chainsaw 2, where he's like, I don't want to do it, and he's like, Okay, we're gonna give it to someone else. He's like, Fuck. Okay, if you're gonna do it anyway, at least let me do it. Wes tried to call their bluff, but it turns out they weren't bluffing. Yeah, like, oh, fuck, they made that one, and everyone hates it, except for me. I enjoy that one. I don't... I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird entry. It's... 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 
it's the weakest one out of the first three, in my opinion. Hey, I gotta oh, say, earlier I cleaned my room and I had one hell of a dance party, so it checks out. <laughs> Alright, it kicks off with a quote, Sleep, those little slices of death, how I loathe them, Edgar Allan Poe, can't relate. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> but we cut to a paper mache, what's the house number, Brett? You yell at me for forgetting it all the time. Oh, I don't remember. 1428? Thank you, okay. I always get that in 1408 mixed up. The, uh, a paper mache, 1428 Elm Street house being made by Kristen who is played by Patricia Arquette. This is her debut role. And every time I look at her, I see Girl Dewey. You said that, and I don't see it. Oh, I do. I don't either. (laughs) She's eating instant coffee and drinking Diet Coke loud music. So obviously, she's trying to stay awake. She's getting the fire! I love the just, yeah, she doesn't even, she's past mixing it in the water. She's just doing tablespoons of the instant, like, powder and chasing it with soda. So, is that docking too, Rob? Yeah, it's docking. Into the Fire is off the album that they put out around the same time as uh, the movie. That makes sense. Okay, I'm not even going to stay on docking too much because ask Brett how it goes when I talk about music. But I, I fucking hair metal. <laughs> The mom comes back from her date, and she's like, what are you still doing up? I wanted to make sure you're home. Well, I'm home. And you hear someone downstairs go, where did you keep the bourbon at? She's like, I have a guest. Go to bed. And she goes downstairs. <laughs> I, I love when this scene comes back into play later in the <laughs> movie. Yeah. I, I love that. It's so good. She goes to bed, and for just, like, eating straight instant coffee, she falls asleep pretty quick. And boom, we have the jump rope kids, and she's in front of Nancy's old house, all scary looking. There. It, there's a little girl on a tricycle doing the tiniest circle on the tiny front porch. Every single time I watch this, I am like, "How is she, how is she doing that?" It, it's it's just like the unicyclist at church or at, at and the circuses doing them in really tiny circles. She's Lots and lots of practice. Also, that cannot be more boring. Of like, there's an entire sidewalk. It's like, don't go <laughs> off the porch. But she goes inside the house, this little girl, and Kristen follows. And she's like, this is where he takes us. And boom, there's the boiler room. And you hear a noise. And she goes, Freddy's home. Which I'm not going to lie, is a pretty fucking cool intro for a man with the hat. And she picks this little girl up. And we'll get to this in a second. And she <laughs> runs away trying to carry her safety. She picks up the little girl. The little girl beca- turns into a dummy with a horrible <laughs> wig on. <laughs> this is what I want to talk about. Look, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm almost proud of them sticking with tradition. Because do you guys remember the end of the first movie where, like, it's yeah. a dream and Freddy reaches out and pulls the mannequin of the mom through the yeah. door? Yeah. I mean, you know what? Kudos to you guys for sticking with the quick doll switches and we're just going to let this be there. <laughs> well, they did it in Nightmare 2 in a scene, too, didn't they? Not that I can recall for Nightmare 2, but probably. I'm not sure. Well, you know, we'll go with Nightmare 2 is when they switched the real bird out for the, the stuffed bird. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's running away, the floor turns to tar, she's stuck, and then she gets into the hanging corpse room, and the girl turns into a skeleton, and she wakes up. The little girl's like, put me down, you're hurting me. And she looks down as just skeleton girl. She's like, ah! I, the, the hanging teenage corpse room reminded me a lot of uh, My Bloody Valentine. 
Yeah, when everything's dropping and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, like it, like it, I wish they would have did that. Like she went to go through it, and like all the bodies just start dropping around her. And then the little girl was like, "You're hurting me." If yeah. you guys want to hear more of our thoughts on my bloody Valentine, all three of us—that was the last time Rob was on the show. You guys can go check that episode out. I got to say also, Rob's awesome with shoehorning my bloody Valentine into things the same way. I worked him in twice during our Pearl in, uh, review. Yes. It's like me with uh, sh- it's like me with shoehorning in uh, Fallout on my podcast with Devin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but she's in the hanging corpse room. Girl turns to the scout and said, oh, she wakes up. Good. Everything's fine. So she goes to the bathroom. She's not really awake because she goes to turn on the sink and the sink's like knob turns into a hand and grabs her. The other one turns into a razor claw and like cuts her wrist. And that's right where in real life her mom walks into the room and sees her holding a razor cutting her own wrist. And so she's obviously going to be institutionalized now. And then what's, I don't know what this facility is called, but we're Uh, Weston Hills uh, Psychiatric Hospital. Thank you. It's the same one from Freddy vs. Jason. Yes. And Hypnosil comes back into play in this one. Yep, yes, it does. Every, pretty much, um, Freddy vs. Jason, I feel like, drops the timeline from the next two movies to just picking up from after this movie. Because I, I don't remember 4 and 5 much, but I don't believe they ever bring back up that drug or this place as much as they did in Freddy vs. Jason. 4 continues straight from this. So, like, that one, maybe. I'm not sure on 5. But we're introduced to Max, played by Lawrence Fish Fishburne, who is credited as Larry Fishburne in this movie. <laughs> oh, Morpheus. A very young Morpheus. And he's talking to Neil Gordon, who's the doctor here. And we meet most of the kids in passing here. We learn there's a suicide epidemic going on. And then Dr. Gordon... Shout out to Saw. Gets called down because the new patient's freaking out. And we cut to Kristen in there, like, kicking trays over, threatening to cut all the orderlies trying to sedate her. <laughs> like, she was fine till we tried to sedate her. And she pulls out a scalpel and cuts Max on the arm. And she Rip. starts singing the song. And our new intern doctor, not as cool as our intern, but still, Nancy shows up. Yay, Nancy's back. Looking like a babe. Oh, with still the silver streak in her hair. I did like that continuity. Hell yes. Uh, Real quick to jump back to uh, when Dr. Gordon and Max are talking to each other. Max says he has a theory about why the kids are all messed up, having these bad dreams and committing suicide. It's because their parents dropped acid in the 60s during the (laughs) Peace of Love era. And uh, Dr. Gordon says it's better than Dr. Sims' theory where it's just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And Max goes, well, what the hell, man? That's what keeps us alive. I appreciate Max's trying to contribute here, but maybe (laughs) stick to your lane, bud. Come on now. (laughs) You're just a big, tough orderly that keeps kids from uh, getting out of the quiet room. Yeah, but does he? He seems to let everyone do whatever (laughs) they want. He's like, I'm not supposed to, like 20 times through the movie. That's just, this is also like you brought up the quiet room because they're showing all the kids and then Kincaid is just in the quiet room in the corner. It's just like, oh yeah, and here's a window in the door so you can stare at him if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but Nancy shows up right when Kristen was singing the Nightmare song and she finishes it for her. So, And then she goes and hugs her and everything's good. 
outside Dr. Gordon's talking to her. She's like, that was great how you handled that patient in there. Where did you learn that song? Oh, something we used to sing in the neighborhood. She drops her purse. He picks it up and sees the hit noose. Yeah, going through like her stuff almost. Well, it also then holds on it for like five seconds. So you can read exactly what it is and stuff. And then I love later it goes to like the early version of the internet, I guess. Where it's like <laughs> the giant tube on TV thing where it's like, boom, when it turns on. <laughs> but... Um, we also meet the rest of our kids here. Philip, who's a sleepwalker. Kincaid, where he said, Joey, who doesn't talk and has apparently murdered somebody in his lifetime. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the teardrop on his eye. Yes, but, uh, he doesn't talk and he has this crush on this nurse here. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, there's just a lot of us getting to meet all of our cast. Cause I do want to compliment this movie. We do slashers all the time, Brett, and usually we don't give a shit about any of them except for one or two. They actually right. do a good job at like making you know all these characters and who they are and everything. Yeah, we got we got Taryn, um, who she doesn't really say much when she's introduced. Uh, Jennifer uh, points out the cigarette burns on her arm, and Neil's like, "Well, we're gonna have to take your cig- your uh, cigarette privileges away if you keep doing that. To stay awake." Uh, Joey, like you said, he doesn't. He's deaf, so he doesn't talk. Um, do we meet Will? Will can't walk. No, that's later. The Will. Part. Yeah, but still, we get all of them here. Yeah. But okay, I just want to point out what a weird time the '80s was. That a youth hospital has cigarette privileges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird though, because I don't, like I don't know if they're teenagers or if they're like eighteen, nineteen, because like the time frame, like Nancy's been through college. And then these kids, like she says, you guys are the last of the, the Elm Street children later in, in the movie. So are these kids, like, fresh out of high school? Or are they still in high school? Like, Well, all that <laughs> means is their parents were the same age. Like, you can have a kid, like, someone might have had got pregnant at 16. Someone else might have not had their first kid till they were 30. So they, their age range can be all over the place. Look at Hank Hill's dad from King of the Hill. He didn't, he had his uh, kid when he was, like, 80. Yes, exactly. They blew off my legs and my kneecaps. <laughs> I can't fit him in. <laughs> Kristen that night is drawing the same house at, right when she's in bed. She falls asleep, and boom, there's a bloody tricycle and rolling around old Nancy's house again. There's a cooked pig on the table that snarls at her. <laughs> and then, like, we get a scene straight out of Tremors under the rug, like, going through the room and everything. We're introduced to the fucking Freddy snake. Yeah, somehow <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street ripped off Tremors before Tremors was even made. I don't know how they did it. That, that was literally in my notes. The Tremors, <laughs> the Freddy-headed Tremors worm attacks, Kristen. <laughs> when Freddy pops out as the worm thing, the first thing I thought was, Oh, it's Elmer from <laughs> Brain Damage. Brain damage. <laughs> But it pops up and starts just nom nomming on her legs like more kids are getting excited. And she yells, Nancy! And Nancy, who's like, I guess still at the office, like falls into her chair, like literally through her chair and disappears and into Kristen's dream. I love like the reunion almost of Freddie and Nancy for a minute too. Because the snake yeah. thing looks at her and is like, you! <laughs> 
Because think, like, this is the only kid who's been able, like, to stop Freddy, and all of a sudden, he's just like, well, fine, fuck that one, whatever. Let's go after this one. And she somehow shows up in this dream and stabs him in the eye with glass. He has to be, oh, leave me alone! It's like, I've been looking for you. Why are you just, stop taking those pills? <laughs> but she stabs in the eye, they run, and they both wake up. The next day, those two are together, and... Kristen says she has always been able to pull people into her dreams. I have, I want to talk shit on this. I'm like, this is stupid, but I'm like, you know, in this world here, we're going to deal with someone having a gift. Okay, makes perfect sense for the movie. Fine. Yeah, it's all this that dream stuff. You have to like, you can't take this series as seriously as you would other ones because it is plays with these weird dream things. Brett, I'd like to point out to you that in part seven of one of our favorite franchises, we also have a random psychic girl with gifts like this. But that's cool. <laughs> right. It's Carrie versus Jason. <laughs> but then we get group therapy the next day, and this is where we're introduced to the rest of the kids that we didn't get before, and straight talk only in here, okay, guys? And it's some bullshit where they're it's trying like, to convince the kids they're under some, like, mass hysteria or something. The counselor's like, okay, yo, you cool cats, and he sits backwards on his chair and turns his baseball hat backwards. He's like, let's rap about dreams. <laughs> like some hip-with-it youth pastor. All these yeah. kids. He breaks out an electric guitar. <laughs> but that night, Will, Joey, and Taryn are playing some D&D. Taryn leaves, everyone goes to bed. Oh no, my my campaign was almost finished. Whatever shall I do? <laughs> I have thoughts on Will, but they all come to a head later, and that's when I will discuss them. There's some, definitely some choices made with Will that I'm not so sure of. But Philip, who's the sleepwalker, gets up and starts sleepwalking, obviously. Well, I do like their kind of thing where they're like, okay, I stayed up first last uh, last night. It's your turn to stay up first this time. So they like sleep and shift. So if they're like, because he's like, even if you hear a whimper, wake me up. Because uh, they're like, yeah. Yeah. And, but this is one kill that I have to say in this movie and this whole like part, I really do like. Well, um, before, before Philip gets up and starts sleepwalking, um, Nancy and Neil are actually having dinner, and this is where Nancy asks um, Neil to put them on or the hypnotist. And uh, he he goes, "Are you crazy putting a bunch of suicidal teenagers on an experimental drug?" Basically, trust me. Yeah. But uh, the other cool thing about um, the Philip kill, which we're getting to, is uh, when Philip's first introduced to Nancy, he's working on puppets. He's a puppeteer. So it's cool how they do this kill of him sleepwalking where Freddy cuts his arms and both his legs and pulls out his major or his major arteries from both locate all four oh, locations. And I hate them. it. Uh, it's so sickening. It's not a, the worst thing in this movie is later on for me personally, but it's it is sickening. But it's cool how like he's using him to puppet him to where he's going. Like I think this world. is one of the grosser Nightmare on Elm Streets. Like you, that's is. a good point. Like it's when he does that and pulls it up. It's like oh, I hate it. Like how it's like attached and coming out of his hands and his feet and everything, and he walks him. It's so good and creepy. Like and there's another scene later. Like this probably is the grossest nightmare if you ask me. You did just remind me though that Freddy did rip off Puppet Master and turn into a tiny little puppet and like run across the room real quick. 
No, this is nothing like Puppet Master. No, Puppet Master is better. You're right. Oh my god, that first was fucking bad. <laughs> but okay. Oh my but god, yeah, so... someone came here. Ugh. <laughs> but he's walking. He's walking him out, and he walks him through a door somehow. He walks right past the orderly. She's too busy with her crossword puzzles or whatever to notice. And then he's up like in the bell tower, and Joey wakes up and sees him. Look, Joey, I get you don't like to talk, but maybe here's where you open your fucking mouth, bud. He grabs Will out of bed, and like we said before, Will's legs don't work. So he's having to drag him across the room, and Will's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) He's like pointing. He's like, oh no, it's (laughs) Kincaid's going to kill himself. (laughs) And then he says, Joey, go get help. And Joey runs and steals the lady's lunch tray and starts smacking all the doors, waking everyone up. One, these kids later like, we're going to lock your doors at midnight. I can't believe that wasn't done already with all the suicidal children. But anyway, he knocks on all their doors. They all come out, run to the room, and they see him like at the, the ledge, which... They think he's sleepwalking, but they figure it out pretty quick. Freddy does, like, the cut with the razor glove to the strings, and he plummets to his death. And it's such a sickening thud, too, when he hits. Like, I... It's great! Yeah. But, uh, cutting back to the nurse, like, it, it's shitty on her as a nurse. Like, Joey's, like, sitting there, like, smacking the desk, like, staring at her. He's like, you know he can't talk. Maybe you should just follow him? Like... Hello? Did we fall down a well? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> run to you in the middle of the night, start banging on things with a panic look in his eye. Maybe you're like, hey, you know, you can't talk. You probably have something important going on. Now back but, to this puzzle. Yeah, like, maybe Will's choking and you can't tell me, so maybe I should come to your room with you. Like, that's a pet peeve of mine in this movie is with the uh, nursing staff. oh they're definitely the worst next we're back at group and the kids are all arguing about if it was suicide an accident or did freddy kill him but they don't know freddy yet and kincaid starts freaking out he gets put back in solitaire or as they call it the quiet room on again that night everyone still shook up jennifer's staying up late and watching tv because she's gonna be a star one day so this is research Bro, you did say problems with the nursing staff. As great as he is, Max is pretty terrible, too. Ma- Max Max is a horrible problem. Well, because they're all supposed to be on lockdown. And it's just like, okay, you can stay up and watch TV. But but I never saw you. Yeah, he's an enabler. But he uh-huh. just lets her stay up and watch TV. And it's some late night show interviewing Zsa, Zsa Gabor. And she transforms into Freddy on the TV. And then the TV goes staticky. And what do you do when the TV goes staticky, Brett? Well, you go up and you have you to like with bang on the, the side of it. <laughs> yes, technology. And then what do we get, Rob? Welcome to primetime, bitch. Dude, it's not, like, the goriest or the creepiest. This is always, like, one of my favorite nightmare kills, though, is the welcome to primetime bitch. The little quip, though, ruins it for me. It's just, see, this is when Freddy starts becoming one-liners. Oh, Oh, I gotta go solid team audio anxiety here. I'm with Rob. I I love the quip. That makes this kill. This, this, the, the quip would, the, taking this quip from this movie and putting it before a metalcore breakdown would be perfect, which means it's a great quip in a horror movie for a great kill. Yes. And it, and it fits her character because all she keeps saying is, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting better. I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to be a TV star. Well, 
here you go. Here's your chance. You're gonna be all over the. You're gonna be all over the news tomorrow when they find your dead body head first in this TV that's eight feet off the wall hanging. I just think it would be better if the TV just like a hand came out and like pulled her in and it just did that like real quick. I think that would be more shocking than like, here's the one liner I prepared for you, bitch. So Brett's worried about them ripping off what Puppet Master so far. Tremors. Uh, what was it? Tremors, brain damage. brain damage, but he wants them to straight up rip off Poltergeist. Got it. I see. I haven't. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen all Poltergeist, and it wouldn't be the same thing of getting pulled into the television dimension. Uh, it would be still the same result of her head hanging out of the television, but it would just be like a hand comes out and like pulls her in real quick. But then nah, you wouldn't I... get Rabbit Ear Freddy. Eh, I could. Eh. Yeah, that's um, one of the reasons I don't like Freddy. Between uh, Max telling um, Jennifer they never saw her in The Kill, uh, we get a little scene with Taryn coming out of the shower and the Mel Orderly trying to get her to break edge again. Because Taryn, yes. uh, this is where we find out that Taryn had a horrible drug habit. It's like, come on, I got like the pure pharmaceuticals. Come on to the drug room with me. And she's like, I'm a recovering drug addict, you asshole. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Brett, you will know that next is one of my favorite scenes for the dumbest reason in the world. Next is Jennifer's funeral, and uh, anyway, we'll get to the cover of this part. <laughs> Neil's talking to the nun and everything that he sees. Like, I've seen you around. He's like, the unquiet spirit must be laid to rest. And she walks away, and Nancy walks up, and she's like, who are you talking to? He's like... Uh, she was right here, so we obviously know what this is. I don't know why they play it off as a shock later. But yeah. let me paint the scene for you listeners, and it's been a while since you've seen this movie. Everyone is in typical funeral attire. You know, like, your blacks, pretty, like, muted, I don't know. Like, don't draw attention to yourself outfits. Nancy has shown up like she's robbing oh. a train in the 1800s to this funeral. And it makes me laugh every fucking time. And going back like a year or so when I was watching this movie a while ago, I sent you a snap and said something like that. And you just send back, draw, Freddy. And it's made me laugh every time I've seen this ever since. Is Nancy pulling out a revolver on Freddy dressed like this? She's dressed like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> You, you sent it to me last night, too. <laughs> I like, I, the good, the bad, and the Nancy. The good, <laughs> the, good the bad, and the, the Freddy. <laughs> but anyway, that's all. I just didn't want to go through this episode and not mention Draw Freddy. For some reason, she's a desperado. <laughs> uh, that night, Nancy, that Neil's, tells him she he has to trust her. She knows what's going to save the kids cut to unofficial group the next day like this is a cool group we don't have the boring lady with us no girls allowed <laughs> <laughs> but straight talk only guys is this group unofficially and she tells them all about freddy and everything is the whole backstory it, all this stuff um and here's where i'm coming in to discuss something about this backstory okay now it's not saying that Freddy's a good person, but Nancy specifically says, what about Freddy? What does he do to children? Kills them. He murders them. Yes. A lot of uh, uh, of his ilk kill the children after they're finished with them. Uh, uh, they don't say that at all in the series until the remake. Nuh-uh. Freddy's licking pictures of little girls. Maybe he just wants their souls. 
Oh, yeah. It's alive Freddy. Yeah, he just kills the children. Does nothing else with them at all. No. He just kills them. I mean, we definitely see... I'm pretty sure we see him, like, lick some teenage girl's legs and stuff. In the first yeah. movie, puts his tongue through a telephone and tries to make out with a teenager. I don't know. He shows though. up in her bathtub. Yeah, going for a certain area. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. L- little t- little girl in Victorian dress being like, this is where he brings us to do what? Murder! After. I, I just love, when you take a step back and you're like, we're arguing, is this guy okay because he just murders children? Or does he touch them too? And we're like, no, 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 he's just a murderer. He's fine. He's a good kid. This is what, this is what, Brett brings out of me with this subject, okay? I'm sorry. Jeffrey Dahmer only murdered people. He didn't do anything else with them. Listen, <laughs> go back to the lake, mama's boy. Jason, <laughs> hey, that's one thing about Jason. Never, even when he was around kids, didn't even try to kill him. He was like, oh, okay. I have to go after the young adults. That same can't be said for our boy Michael, though, so we'll just jump off this. Like you said, Rob, explains the whole backstory, minus the touching. And then we have group hypnosis. And they try to hypnotize them all to sleep. But they wake up after closing their eyes like, it didn't work. We're all still here. Uh, Joey gets up and leaves all disappointed. But sees the hot nurse out in the hallway and follows her into the bedroom. And they're all like, she's doing the we'll like, try... come hither finger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, well, I guess we can try again some other time. But what the hell are these things called, guys? The thing that people have on their desks is like four balls that are metal uh, suspended and they smack around. I don't know. The pendulum balls? I don't know what the yes. term is, though. But that, so they're, always, they're always at Spencer's. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, all of a sudden they just start floating randomly. And they're like, oh, we're here. We're all in the dream world. And they're all excited. And here's where we get the dream powers, like, show-off moment. This is show-and-tell for your new powers. Oh, and Will look. stands up, and he's like, My legs walk. work when in my dreams. They're big and strong. I'm and also I'm- a wizard. <laughs> Why does he get two? <laughs> Everyone else gets one. I feel like the walking isn't a superpower, though. He's it's saying his legs are big and strong. The one girl she can do is front flips. You could do that in real life. <laughs> let's break these powers down, because I have questions on some of them. Okay, Will, let's start with him, because we brought him up. He can walk? I'm not going to get through this. I'm sorry. <laughs> So he can walk. And, and he has magic. But he just says that. I don't think he displays magic here. Yeah, you he? know, no, he grabs one of the steel pendulum balls and he turns it into okay. a butterfly. That's right. Um, but anyway, that's more like party magic, like a magician you'd hire for a birthday party. Not um, really to go to war with Freddy Krueger. So Kristen, uh besides her dream pull ability that we found out earlier, which pulled Nancy into her nightmare, um, can do Power Rangers level acrobatics. Yeah, so Kristen joined cheerleading. Okay, that's your superpower. Good. She she can turn into a stunt double and do flips. Still not my favorite yet. She went from not being able to walk straight without falling or cutting herself to doing Olympic level gymnastics. That's that's a power. 
Okay, fine. I'll, I'll give it to you. Kincaid gets real power. He gets super strength. Legit. Okay, I can buy this one. And Taryn just turns into a badass goth girlfriend <laughs> with a mohawk. Yeah, she's like, I'm beautiful and, and badass. <laughs> I have a mohawk. I have glitter. <laughs> Taryn's is my favorite. <laughs> Hers, let's be real, Rob. Look, I love this movie, too. Let's take a step back. Not a power. No, it's not. <laughs> she, she bought two knives and hair gel. That was her special dream power. I can listen to The Cure. Also, where's Nancy's dream power? Um, she's Nancy. <laughs> and, and Dr. Man, where's his dream power? He, his intelligence. We have the power of sanity. Nan- yeah. <laughs> Nancy's dream power is she's the one that survived. Yeah, that's true. She did take him out the first time. But back in the other room, remember, Joey is there. The nurse undresses and starts making out with Joey. She's naked except for a thong. Oh, this is his dream. Well, I love the one line she says is like, this could get me in a lot of trouble, but I know you won't say anything. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But they're making out and their tongues attached. Like they're both pulling like from the same tongue. And all of a sudden, like the tongue comes out and ties him to the bed. Like he's tied to the bedposts with tongues. And she obviously turns into Freddy. But you know how we love the what ifs in movies, like what they were going to do, but changed their mind at the last second. Yeah. Yeah. So the original plan for this scene was pretty similar to the way it goes except for the Freddy reveal, wasn't going to just turn into Freddy all of a sudden. Freddy's face was going to emerge from her face, like, turn into Freddy's face, but still be on the naked woman body. And I am so mad we never got that image. Oh, yeah, how many, like, little parts of people's brains would go off all of a sudden, being like, oh, no, why does... This isn't good! Why, am I, why do I have a boner? <laughs> New kink unlocked. <laughs> but Freddy pulls the tall man. He basically shows up with a silver ball. He's like, boy. Because the tall man did that in the first Phantasm movie. That one I'll give you. That one I will give you. There's another thing they ripped off. But, Brett, I know you'll appreciate we get a quip. Feeling tongue-tied? As the bed turns into a giant fiery pit underneath him. Yeah, and he's tied up with tongues. <laughs> But at the group room, all of a sudden, things start going wrong. The Everything starts burning and falling apart, and the room's closing in like they're in the trash compactor on the Death Star. C-3PO, help us! Oh, where could he be? But they're all saved by the angry lady who is excluded from group, like the leader <laughs> of the hospital shows up and wakes them all up. Like, what is going on here? Think about this woman's perspective. It's not group time. It's like, where's everyone at? The group room doors close. Let's open the door, and everyone's just fucking sleeping. They were just taking a group nap. The one kid's now in a coma. You know how they should have played this? Like, they're not sleeping. You said they need to get to sleep. We brought him in here, and everyone took a nap together. They felt safer. Boom. I don't yeah. know what happened to Joey. Jo- Joey Joey was so sleep-deprived, he just slipped into a coma. Yeah, so he's comatose because, like, he is trapped in the dream world, but he's not, like, killed. So I yeah. guess Freddy can keep him in a coma? I-, I can buy it. It makes sense. But why? Just to draw the rest of them in there, maybe? But Yeah, to get them all, like, to where he can pick them off. Like, everyone to go back in. But why didn't you do that with the first one? And then you could just get everyone at once. 
because they were going to get woken up. Because then they wouldn't be an hour and a half movie. Exactly, that too. <laughs> but Nancy and Neil are promptly fired after the group nap, nap session and Joey going into a coma. Yeah, they're like, you're giving these uh, kids this experimental drug. I already warned you this was going to go bad. I'm throwing you under the bus. After that, Neil's leaving, and he sees the nun up in the bell tower, and he goes up after her, and he catches up to her, and she says, this is where it all began. And she gives the Amanda Kruger story. She was a worker here. This wing's been closed for many, many years because the woman got trapped in here, and with a bunch of patients over a weekend or something. and was... Over Christmas break. Oh, yes, to make it even worse. <laughs> She's a nun that got trapped with all these mental patients over Christmas break, and it's a bunch of guys, and it's not good. Kremlin insane. Uh, it, was, it was closed in 1940, and if the movie takes place in 1987, that means it's been closed for about 50 years. Yes. That lines up time-wise, I think, but... She tells the story, and he's the bastard son of a hundred maniacs, which, Rob, you'll appreciate this. We're both longtime pro wrestling fans, correct? Yep. Yeah. Tell me how cool this would be as, like, a wrestler's, like, title, like, after their name. Coming to the ring, Razor Rob, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. I wish, <laughs> man, that should have been used by someone. The thing I wish he would have said was a thousand maniacs, because then it would have played into a movie later on in Robert England's career. Yes, it would. Wasn't that 2,000 Maniacs? Is that 1,000 Maniacs? Or is it... I thought it was 2,000 Maniacs. It might be 2,000. Uh, is that the one where he has the Confederate flag? Icon? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. it, it's like the hills have eyes, but in the Confederate town. Kind yes. of deal. Yeah. But that. she says you have to find the remains and bury it in hollowed ground. And okay. This is all very Winchester-esque uh, roles here with her. You know, you gotta put the on. You gotta put. You gotta put the spirit to rest. You gotta bury in hollow ground. Uh, like the Winchester it. Mystery House. No, Winch. No, Winchester's from Supernatural. Oh, okay. I didn't know what you were. I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> she's she's laying out very basic like demonology shit here. Like put a a, a horrible, um, relentless spirit to rest. That makes sense. Next, we have Nancy sitting with Joey in the hospital, like as he's hooked up to everything keep him alive and all of a sudden she's going to let him go and on his chest like you see the cuts start coming and it says come come and get him bitch i love freddy even when he can't like call someone a bitch he's still gonna write it out for them like yeah i'm still getting this in here (laughs) i like how he does the bitch and then he like pause like it pauses she's like oh no and like he slashes the h Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, to just to get the point across, like, bitch. Exactly. In case you weren't sure who this was. But Neil and Nancy are talking, and Neil tells her what he learned from this nun who seems to know a lot. Like, well, we need to find the body. Well, who would know? There's only one person <laughs> who I know who would know this, and it's time to go pay him a visit. And they go to see Nancy's dad, who now, he was a cop in the first one. If you notice, his patch on the side says security now. Yes. So he is retired and works as a security guard somewhere and just drinks at this bar constantly, apparently. But it is awesome to see John Saxon show back up. And I'm a sucker for a, like, drunk-in-a-bar, like, stereotype in a movie. Because he's like, Hi, Nancy, it's nice to you to <laughs> come over and see your deal with Dad. Once wild turkey? When did he turn into a Jersey boy? 
<laughs> what was that accent? <laughs> That's Brett's drunk voice he uses, That's which I do believe person. is I do believe is especially based on what's his name, Kevin Van Hennenreich from Basket Case. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I I missed the uh, the British junk drunk Brett. Can we can we get a play of that in this oh, movie? Just which uh, we're a quick side note my mom actually like a few months ago listened to the show for the very first time i was like oh what episode did you listen to she's like Shaun of the dead i was like oh no she's like what i'm like that one's famous for me being wasted <laughs> they, they tell him like we need to know where you hid freddy krueger she's like well, it's good to see you, Nancy. He's not saying shit. Right then, the doctor's paged, and so he goes and makes the call because it's the 80s, and it's Terran calm because Kristen was put into this quiet room and was given a sedative. So, oh shit, we gotta go. He tells Nancy, take the car, go. I'll take care of your dad, and he's gonna make just force him to go with him. <laughs> Which, I mean, he does a really good job. He walks over, flips the table, throws him up against the the pool by the table that he was drinking at and goes, listen, I'll, I don't know if you give a damn about keeping your daughter alive, but I do. You're going to help me. It works. It works. They make a quick stop at a church and Neil steals holy water and a cross. I'm a sucker. We come across these scenes in a lot of movies. I'm a sucker for them every time of people having like break into a church and steal holy water. So I like this scene because when he takes the crucifix, the priest catches him. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'll bring it right back. I just need the bar. Here's my license. Okay. And now if you're if you're in the industry that I'm in with working on cars, sometimes you have to do, you know, stuff on the weekends for your friends or whatnot, and you have to borrow tools off, like say like AutoZone or something. That's what you do. You give them your license, borrow the tool, go do the job, and come back and take your license back. Oh yeah, so like, like collateral. Yeah, it it, it it was a funny like hit home thing every time I watch it. I love the little touch too of uh, Lieutenant uh, Thompson, Nancy's dad, is like, because they pull up to the church. He's about to, like, he pulls out a tiny bottle of whiskey, starts to drink it, and uh, Neil, like, grabs it away from him, and he's like, hey, and he, like, dumps it all out. And you just, he was probably like, I could have just chugged that real quick for you. <laughs> Back at the hospital, Max is blocking Nancy from getting in and giving this tough speech about, I wouldn't let you in here. And I was told specifically not to let you in here. And it just takes like, please, Max, you got out of trouble. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. through is a shortened version. But yes, Max just lets everyone do whatever they want. Take the blue pill or the red pill or just walk past <laughs> me because I don't care. But all the kids get Nancy and they're like, they have Kristen in the room. We all have to fall asleep. So... I know I'm jumping between the two scenes, so I'm just going to cover some of this right here. So Nancy and the kids go to sleep with the hypnosis again, and boom, they appear right with Kristen in the quiet room. Back in the junkyard, Neil and security guard Thompson are there, and they find the Cadillac, see Rob, I caught the car name, that uh -huh. they have Freddy's remains in. And, and this this circle that they have the car stacked is very re reminiscent to the circle uh, from My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> where you guys, you guys are asking me about cooking fish on a, uh, yes. a car motor in the 70s. Yes, exactly. But something else they ripped off. Oh, here we <laughs> Back with our kids in the 
dream world, Kristen is back at the beginning of the movie. Mom comes up as she's listening to Doc <laughs> and eating coffee, drinking Diet Coke. She's like, it's you the fire! And she's like, oh, I'm just happy to see you, and gives her mom a hug. She thinks the whole thing, all this has just been one giant dream. Like, okay, I'm home. Go to bed. And you hear the guy yell from downstairs, like, I have a guest over. I have to go. And right around the corner, the mom's pulled, and you hear, I said, where's the fucking bourbon, bitch? (laughs) This is funny, because it's Freddy pops out in his, like, tuxedo. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the mom's head's yelling at her, like, damn it, Chris, I just wanted one night out. You ruined everything. Every time I bring up a man, you drive him away. Kristen gets thrown down the stairs and she's in that house and Taryn hears her yelling, Taryn, Taryn! And Freddy shows up in the alleyway. First, she almost kills a poor homeless man. But Oh, no. wait, wait. So, I gotta bring up the homeless man because he... Is that Wes Craven? I was gonna ask the same thing. I'm like, this looks a lot like Wes Craven, but I was like, this looks like Wes Craven in Scream, though. That's, that's why I'm bringing it up, because when he gets up and looks at her and walks past her, I'm like, that looks like Wes Craven dressed up as Freddy in the the, the janitor scene in Scream. I was going to ask that, too, but I'm like, that's ten years later. I feel like it's just coincidence, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't see anything as a quick look on Letterboxd. I don't see his name, but he could just be uncredited. Yeah, but I, I thought the same thing, Rob. I'm glad you caught that. But... Taryn's outside this bar, I guess she used to get wasted at in this alley and everything, and Freddy shows up like, welcome home, Taryn, and, but remember, she has dream powers now, she has knives, she's and so we get kid. a knife, <laughs> she's, she's beautiful and bad. I have the power of hair gel! Let's dance. We get the knife and razor glove fight, actually, she gets some good damage in here, it's looking like things are going her way, but then, boom. Oh. Why, why are we fighting? We should we should just get high, and both his hands just turn into needles. I hate this next scene. Oh, the track marks on her arms, like are like lips, like opening and closing. It's, ugh, like, it's so fucking like, gross. I, <laughs> I hate body horror like that. It instantly turns my stomach. Um, it's the noise that they're making. I think that really yeah, gets like, me. Like they're like. It's like the eye opening, closing, like lip smacking sound. Yeah, it's like, ugh. yeah, yeah, it's fucking gross. And he stabs all the needles into all of them and kills. And Karen. I guess the, the needles are filled with like windshield washer fluid because they're blue. Yes. Jesse and uh, Pinkman started That's making okay. blue heroin instead of blue crystal. <laughs> or it's melted down crystal. Yeah. True. Or dream fluid. I don't know. <laughs> Ew. Dream fluid sounds like something else, which I'm just going to jump off that subject right now. Um, I haven't had a dream fluid in a while. <laughs> Will is in the hallway, and Freddy shows up at the end of it. But <laughs> he's like, what does he say to you? It's the chair for you, kid. And this big, spiky, torture-looking wheelchair starts chasing after Will. And Will jumps out of the way, but gets cut. It turns around at the end of the hall and goes back for him. But Jesus Christ. Oh, Brett, take you, it. Take it from me, please. Wait, wait, let me, let me do it. Let me do it. You can't hurt me. I'm the wizard master. <laughs> and he destroys the chair. And then he goes, yeah. We're running down the hall- hallway like electrifying <laughs> Freddy. Wait, wait, let's. He doesn't just do that. He, he transforms and gets a cape with like 
the collar popped, but like starched up and stuck, like facing up as he zaps the chair. Pretty well done, Will. But then, like you said, he Emperor Palpatine's after Freddy and zapping him from his finger. Like Freddy's like, you gotta think. Don't push your luck, kid. You're just running after him with his hands outstretched. Comes around the corner and then just gets got. Freddy's like, I don't believe in fairy tales, kid. And kills him. He's like, I'm Mornock, the elf king. <laughs> in the name of Mornock, the prince elf. Also, the chairs being obviously pulled by strings that they did not yeah. try to hide whatsoever. You see the harness around the chair. I'll say this, it's not as bad as Hellraiser where we see the people pushing the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see the strings. Turn on the brightness on your TV, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy, Kristen, and Kincaid all reunite and find each other. And this rant... Kincaid starts calling out Freddy, calling you, Pussy bitch, where are you? You want to fight? All this kind of stuff. Come on! Kruger! I love Kincaid because earlier there was the scene where they're trying to get him like all to sleep or whatnot. He's like, "No, fuck all of you, get the fuck away from me." <laughs> I also love it this scene because where how he rejoins the group is he tears through a wall and they're all like Kincaid. He's like, "I thought I heard someone." <laughs> I love uh, I love when the doc uh, Doctor Sims is like, "You guys are just uh, it's it's over sexualization." He's like. Oh yeah, now my dick's trying to kill me too. <laughs> he has some of the best, like, yeah. snotty teenager lines in the entire movie. I like Kincaid. He he's he's this movie's Hollis. <laughs> oh no, there no no one is another movie's Hollis. Hollis is special. After calling out Freddy, this big ominous door just appears, and they go oh. through it, and they're on the stairs to the boiler room. Into Freddy's own personal hell. Where five seconds earlier, Nancy's like, we should wait for everyone. And then Kincaid started calling Freddy out and the door appeared. Now they're like, okay, the three of us is fine, I guess. Yeah, that's all you need. But they go down and Freddy keeps upgrading his boiler room every movie. This one looks wild. It's because he keeps collecting the souls of the children. You're not wrong to see that. (laughs) Just murders them? Child power. I have I've yet to see him. Anyways, well, thank God we don't see that. That'd be yeah. a much different movie. I mean, he, pictures made, is enough. He made he made a a a, a, a teenager soup in that swimming pool last movie. So I mean, think yeah, of the twenty some souls in that. But the Dream Warriors find Joey at this point down at the bottom, and they're all running for him. That Nancy gets to him first, almost falls on some pipes, and Kincaid, because he's super strong, holds a pipe steady for her to run down. <laughs> and the other girl's like, let me do a front flip! Hoo-yah! <laughs> go, Nancy, go! She has, like, pom-poms. <laughs> she uses gymnastics to fight Freddy while the other two rescue Joey. Joey, like, the tongue's let go, he falls, Nancy grabs him, then Kincaid grabs her, pulls them up, and then... Nancy impales Freddy like with a big pipe and Freddy obviously just pulls it out and licks the blood off the end. She's like, why is he so strong? And this is where we get like the face chest reveal. He's like, because of all the souls of the children and you see all the faces in his flesh. Yeah, Not as cool as the fourth movie though, where you have like the bodies like breaking out of his chest and everything. 
I feel like because you it has to be horrible to be a face on Freddy's chest, but at least most of them are looking out. The one is like sideways, where half of its face is inside of Freddy's like body. It's like that's the worst one. I think that was yeah. Will's. I think Will's oh, face. I didn't know they're actually supposed to be anyone's faces. Yeah, it's 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 Taryn, Will, Phil, Philip, and Jen. It's the four kids that he's already killed out of the group. Ah, that's. Because when, when he pulls it back, that's when they all go, oh, my God. Because, see, they realize they, he got Will and Taryn. That's why they never met up with him. Uh, that makes sense. He has Kincaid up by the throat, is about to stab him, but he disappears. Because this is right where they throw his body back into the ground up in the junkyard. And I, I love when... No, they're still digging the hole. They're about to throw it in. And it, okay, he, yeah. he reanimates all Army of Darkness style. Oh, no. It's horrible. It's like chased in the Argonauts, but not even as good as that, of it's horribly rotoscoped in. It's as bad as that one scene in the Blob remake where, like, the Blob's huge at the end and they go running by it in the street and it just looks horrible. Like, the color saturations keep changing, the color, like, um, all of a sudden, like, uh, Nancy's dad is one color and uh, the screen that Freddy's (laughs) skeleton is on is a completely different color. The best is when it, the skeleton picks him up. <laughs> it like, yeah. doesn't match at all. I love it. But yeah, like you said, Rob, like all the cars start reanimating too, though. They all start honking yeah. their horns and beeping, wipers, everything around them. A bunch fall into their trucks, so now they're really like in this like thunderdome of cars that they have to fight them in. It is a cool scene. Like Dom Thompson runs to the truck to like try to escape, and it just collapses on the truck and blocks the truck in. And uh, it's funny because he's like, I've killed you once. Let's do it again. He grabs a freaking like wrench. Doesn't grab like a, like a piece of like bumper or something to fight the Freddy skeleton with the razor call. He grabs a like crescent wrench. That's the size of my <laughs> hand. Like, yes, the dude with the like 12 inch or the longest arm reach in a fight. Freddy with his razor claws versus you with your short arm and your crescent wrench. Good thinking. Uh, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> it better work well. Like a booze bottle and try to fight him with that. He would never break a bottle, though. Well, he'd he chug would... it first. It's like Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets impaled onto the fin of a car. Is that the Cadillac that he gets impaled, impaled I think, on? I think it is the Cadillac. Yeah, the, the Cadillac fin goes through him. Uh, kind of poetic there, where his body was kept all the time. And then he dies. <laughs> Neil was knocked out, and is I want to say is buried alive does the skeleton just lose interest he throws a little bit of dirt on him and then leaves this part reminded me of stepbrothers it's like what are you doing i'm burying you i'm alive man you're waking the neighbors <laughs> but back in the dream world freddie reappears in all these mirrors in a hallway that our four survivors are in and he starts pulling everyone through but then Joey screams like he's Black Bolt and shatters all the mirrors and saves everyone. That was his power. And all of a sudden he's talking like he always could. I guess I have my power. Again, his is like Will. I'm like, I will, I guess it's not just he talks. He can shatter things with his voice. His super voice. Okay, I can let that one go. Yeah. Right here, <laughs> everything's fine now. Because they're like, we did it. We beat him. All of our dream warriors have truly bested Freddy Krueger with one scream. <laughs> and then something shows up. Oh my god, is this the scene? 
Yeah, this is the scene okay. I know you've been chomping at the bit oh to get God. to. Nancy's so, dad crossing over. Fairy yes. godmother, Mr. Thompson, <laughs> comes down from the shadows. It's like, hi, I'm Glinda, the good sheriff. Because <laughs> he descends from the heavens. He's all sparkly. It is. It's like Glinda showing up in the ball in the Wizard of Oz. It's like, what the fuck is this? To the point of I rewound it and sent Craig a Snapchat of it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are you making me watch today? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I knew this was like, I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie and parts were bad. That might be the worst scene, even worse than the skeleton scene of just like, what the fuck is this? Look, I, I get what you're saying. It looks ridiculous the way he shows up. And I wish they didn't do it. Because it's such a, like an impactful scene next. You know what I mean? It's really like the climax of the movie. And it is such like a Nancy and her dad finally making up at that last second as he's crossing over. It's like a super emotional punch. But they have him descend in sparkles. He shows up like Tinkerbell. And then it's like, yeah, I guess now that I'm dead, I don't have to drink anymore. So I'm a good guy again. I'm sorry, I was an asshole. <laughs> yeah, they make up, they hug, but then he stabs her with Freddy's claw and turns into Freddy. And Nancy's been stabbed and is about to kill Kristen, but Nancy shows up and basically does a stop hitting yourself to Freddy, grabs his claw <laughs> and stabs him in the chest and stops him. And I guess everyone's just coming too, because yeah. I guess Neil has unburied himself up in the real world and splashing Freddy with holy water as light beams shoot out of him with every drop that gets on him, takes the crucifix up to him and Freddy like turns into light and implodes on himself. Yeah. And it's cool where he puts the crucifix on the Freddy skull and then like Freddy in the dream world, like you see the light cross show up on him. It's almost like evil Ed and fright night. Yeah. Don't call me Freddy. <laughs> But next we cut to Nancy's funeral and no one had the decency to show up in a cowboy outfit. <laughs> Times were tough in the old west. <laughs> Neil sees the nun, goes after her, she walks right to a gravestone that reads Amanda Kruger, and that's our what? reveal. That's who the, the nun that no one else can see this whole movie has been the whole time. Oh my god, the nun was a ghost? <gasps> Neil's sleeping that night, and the paper mache Nancy house is next to him, and the light turns on in it. You hear the dun, dun, dun. I love it. Dude, I won't lie. I love that music so much. But yeah, that's the end and credits. That's Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Credits rule with the greatest Dawkins song ever written playing over them. There's no such thing as a good hair metal song. Oh, no, there definitely is. But well, I won't what? lie. This song is not one of them. No. Shout at the devil, Motley Crue, I'm partial. Yeah, I, they're they're kind of hair metal. They're more metal. They're hair metal. Ish. Motley, dude, Motley Crue is more hair metal than metal. But and they're Dawkins a more, more badass than hair metal. They're a little more badass. They drink heroin by the gallon. They at least can get away with some hairspray. If you do enough heroin, you can dress like that. They got their ass kicked by Lars Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> that is embarrassing. They got their ass just kicked by Lars Ulrich on the Sunset Strip, Brett. They're not bad asses. <laughs> None of us are particularly tall individuals. I think Lars is shorter than us. Lars is shorter than us. Lars is like the height of my daughter. All of Molly Cruz on heroin. Does Lars do drugs? Like, he's sober. Yeah. That's why. Not back in the 80s. 
Okay, yeah, why are we talking about Motley Crue and Metallica? We're talking about Dawkins. Because Dawkins We do get the Dream Warriors song. We're the Dream Warriors! Yes. Yeah. Fucking and I got a dream no more! It's like if Stuart from Beavis and Butthead didn't wear a winger shirt, it would be Dawkins. <laughs> Alright, so my final thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is this movie is great. I love this movie. There are some moments in this movie that are ridiculous and it's it, it can be summed up as a, why did someone take another look? Like, who is responsible for these moments? Where you have Sparkly Dad, Wizard Will, especially, especially Wizard Will. Yeah. And, like, I'm a wizard! I can't wizard. fault the skeleton because, you know, I'm like, I, I can go, okay, 80s, like, I get what they're doing. Like, I will even, like, let that one go. That's fine. I know it's ridiculous looking now, but whatever. But, like, some of those choices, like, the sparkly dad and Wizard Will, I just want to <laughs> sit down and be like, who said yes to this? Just let me what, talk to him. What's the horror movie's obsession with trying to make you hate people in wheelchairs? Because it's like, <laughs> Will, there's, was it Joey from uh, Texas Chainsaw? Franklin. 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 Yeah, so that's my, I guess, if I'd sum up. Otherwise, like, no joke, fantastic movie. I know I like to rip on this movie because... How can you fucking nod on those moments? But no, I have a great time watching Nightmare Three. Uh, Rob, your guest, would you like to throw some final thoughts at it? Um, this this movie is good, but it could have been better if when Will was like, "And I'm a wizard," and Neil would have went, "You're a wizard, Willie." Well done. It's almost like Will Byers from uh, Stranger Things. He reminds me of. Oh my god! What? Okay, so like the last season was very. Nightmare influence, very yes, very yeah, and and Will in the D and D campaign is a wizard. Mm-hmm. Oh, what if the doctor was playing off this? I wouldn't actually put that past him in the slightest. Yeah, that makes that a lot of sense. Thanks, Brett, for just opening my mind to that. <laughs> as I do, as I do the Eddie Munson over the D and D thing over my desk. As we run up that hill, and we run up that hill, <laughs> and keep running up that hill. I yell that. I, I sing that to my daughter every time I run her up the hill to my mom's, like up the Aww. steps. <laughs> Brett, any final thoughts from you before we get into the end of episode stuff? Not the worst nightmare movie. This is, like I said before, watching it again, it kind of does cement of this was the last of like the at least watchable ones. Um, it's okay. It has a couple points I liked. I like the kill with the tendons and the jumping off of the building. I can't believe you don't like Welcome to Primetime, bitch. This no, it's I don't like I don't like Quippy Freddy. Um, but it's okay. I mean, I'm just thankful that we ticked another Nightmare on Elm Street movie off the list that I never have to watch ever again. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Maybe we'll do a retrospective episode one day. No, I have one more movie in this DVD pack I have to watch, and then I get to throw it away. No, you're going to send it to me. I'm going to burn it. You're going to send it to me. You probably have it on, like, three formats, like I do no, Friday the 13th. I don't. <laughs> no, he's, Rob texted me. He's like, hey, is this still on HBO Max? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> people don't have this. Wow. I don't, I don't collect movies. I collect retro games and vinyl. Yeah. I bought <laughs> both of the four movie nightmare packs at a flea market for a dollar each, and I overpaid. I even went to, I even went to um, the local indoor flea market down over the mountain from where we live um, on my way to camp and could not find a single copy of this movie. Because no one likes it. They all throw them away. <laughs> they all or bought they, it. 
Or they love it, so they keep it. Alright. You guys ready for Count of the Dead? Let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, that's Robin Hood, Count of the Dead, where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Rob, where do you think we got, since you're first and Brett likes to piggyback off the guest <laughs> answers every time, where all do you right, think me... we got with Nightmare on Elm Street 3? Dream Warriors! Alright, give me, give me a sec here to count it out. Um, Eight. You're going eight. Okay, Brett, what do you think? Well, that's the thing with these Nightmare on Elm Street movies, is there's never a high body count. In a couple of them, there's Freddy not. kills, like, one person. But I'm pretty sure he only, he only kills five in this movie. So we're going eight and five. I think, yeah. I'm going to go five. Oh, Brett, you're man. closest without going over. It is six. I, I, oh. I, just, I just figured it out right before you said it, too. Yeah, the mom. I think you counted the mom dying and like people in dreams that weren't real. Yeah. So yeah, and Freddy doesn't with... count. I would guess because yeah, he I never back. count. Yeah, he gets the Jason uh, treatment. No, he never well, does. Well, not only that, he turns the light on in the paper mache house at the end. Exactly. He, he's half inch Freddy in the house. Like I will get you one day, my darlings. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So count of the dead of six. Well, that's Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Bitch. <laughs> um, so basically... Ooh, thought, that was a good one, Rob. That Hold was a on. good one. You had some phlegm in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, I take the movie, I take something from the movie, and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. I'm going to do forms of caffeine. Okay. Because that's a big thing in all of these movies. And of course they play with this one in like a really disgusting way where she's just doing shots of like coffee mix. <laughs> so, so what, what Nancy's doing at her desk is what I do during winter tire season at the shop. I, I do a drink of Red Bull and a, a spoonful of G, G Fuel powder mix. <laughs> you snort the G Fuel and inject Dude, some caffeine into your vein. Just, just do a line of G Fuel right off the right off the tire machine. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad that one day we're going to have to marathon like, all the nightmare movies on Throbbing as a tribute to Rob after his heart explodes. <laughs> yeah. It might be soon. <laughs> You know what's something crazy they never played with with these movies? Because so many of these nightmare movies take place in the eighties. Is like, Cocaine? where's the where's the coke addict? That Freddy's like, know. why the fuck will you not go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna do caffeine. So number one version of caffeine, the worst kind of caffeine. Uh, when I used to drink coffee when I had to have an early morning job, and I love Taco Bell breakfast. And the one time I was like, I'll get a Taco Bell coffee. This is fucking oh, disgusting. No. <laughs> and I went, I came into work, and I was like, yeah, this coffee's disgusting. And he's like, where'd you, my boss is like, where'd you get it from? I'm like, Taco Bell. He's like, yeah, because you got coffee from Taco <laughs> Bell. That's why it's terrible. It's like getting, it's like getting a pizza from Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a number 10 version of caffeine, my favorite version of caffeine. I'm going to go with Rain Energy, the blue uh, flavor. I just love it a lot. I love blue flavored things. And Rain doesn't like make me like feel like I'm going to have a heart attack like Monster or Red Bull will. I'm more of a G Fuel or a Bang kind of guy. Uh, Bang makes me feel like I'm having a heart attack. Um, I'm a G Fuel guy. Do you see that they have Bang that has alcohol now? Yeah, no. Oh, God. oh where? I, I saw it a note for my loved ones just in case, but I saw it at a grocery store. 
Um, it's oh, at God. our local. It's at our local beer distributor up by me. The oh no, go, the one that we always go to when you come to my house. Oh no, this is terrible. But okay, it's, um, it's, it's you're gonna have the the experience with the alcoholic bangs like I had when Not Your Father's Mountain Ale came out and I drank <laughs> a whole twenty four case of it in like two hours. Or you could be like King Cobra JFS and just mix vodka with G Fuel and drink that straight. <laughs> My my old Jaeger bombs. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors five versions of caffeine out of five. I'm putting it right there in the middle. Wait, you this said five one, out of five? Wow, Brett, you five. love this movie. I'm saying this is you know the last of the good Nightmare movies. It's there's still a lot of horrible parts. There's still at least a couple parts though that make it watchable. Freddy's doing quips, but he's not going full on like Freddy's dead where he's flying on a broom and he's playing with power, bitch. Like, so it's right there in the middle. I still I'll never watch it again. You said five out of five. I don't think he caught it. They said five out of no, five. No, I did. Yeah, I don't I either. Brett, Brett, that's a perfect score, Brett. Five out of five. Oh, five out of ten. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm I said sorry. Five, I know you said, nope, nope. I said Rewind for ten. No, but you said a five out of five caffeine. Wow. Yeah, Greg five out of ten. This, yeah. He's going to rewind it and post that you put five out of five. And people will be like, that's not his rating system. <laughs> it is um, today. <laughs> I want a more fair score, if you ask me, of an 8.5 forms of caffeine out of 10. I don't have too much to say. I said most of it in the episode. Just some dumb little things, which I still enjoy, but don't fit in with the rest of the tone of the movie. Knock it down for me. But man, I really enjoy this movie. I watch this one a good bit. This is, aside from the original, this is probably the nightmare I've seen the most. I will give this a Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Not the new ones, but the original from Halo 3. Yeah. The, oh my, I know what you're talking about. Those were awesome. Which, to me, that that's that's an eight out of ten. Okay. Uh, I did not expect to walk in here rating this higher than Rob. You were no, I thought a ten, 10 out of 10, ten. Nah, that's a new nightmare in the first one. Well, that's also because every time Rob's been on, it's been a ten out of ten. That's why I expected <laughs> nah. it. When, when, see, I have to rate it because if you guys bring me back on for new nightmare, then I'm gonna have to re- re- rate new nightmare. You know, I'm rating it like I'm. I, I'm rating it as I would rate all of them in one. We'll probably That's never fair. do a new nightmare. Yeah, we will. No, I would never do that one. You better, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's all I got on... on. No, I'm saying New Nightmare. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. <laughs> uh, I hope everyone's enjoying Throbtober. Thank you, Rob, for coming on. Why don't you plug the show for a minute here? Um. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on for Throbtober. I think it's... Uh, I had the hardest time taking notes for this movie after work, working two hard days in a row and finishing it, finish, finishing it last night, then uh, recording my episode of my uh, podcast. I do a podcast with our good friend, Devin, um, AKA the flash uh, over at audio anxiety. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and anchor. Um, you ha- unfortunately you have to have a Spotify premium account to listen to the episode in its entirety, because we do play some music. We do album reviews, sit down interviews with uh, some local artists in our area. Um, cool time. Great time. We, we, we joke a lot, make a lot of jokes. Uh, we shout these guys out a lot. Um, the episode we did last night, which you'll have to go back through our back catalog when this comes out in October, um, was uh, actually one of Greg's requests. 
we did uh, The Curse by Treyu. Um, great metalcore record. And at the beginning of the uh, episode, I actually played a cover of Dream Warriors. Just to oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check us out on um, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Anchor. Um, hopefully, by the time you get around to checking us out, we'll maybe have some merch and some stickers. Oh, yeah. I also want to say I don't have Spotify Premium, but I still enjoy the episodes because you still get 30 second snippets of the song. So you get mm-hmm. a feel kind of for what it's for. And if you don't want to do like, OK, you listen to an entire album and an entire podcast, it's still very listable and I very much enjoy it. Also, check out their review on Machine Gun Etiquette by The Damned, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, that's one of the ones that Brett requested so far, and I'm sure he'll have plenty more down the line. Uh, our first Weird episode, <laughs> we'll get around to a word out, I'm sure. <laughs> um, our first episode was on um, Welcome to Horrorwood, uh, the the Ice Nine Kills um, album. Check that out if you if you like horror movies. Obviously, you're probably an Ice Nine Kill fan as well, like us three. Um, uh, I have time to tell a story about when I saw them with Metallica and scared the shit out of the lady next to me when you screamed, hey, Paul, <laughs> uh, Brett's favorite part of that song. Uh, she she about jumped three feet out of her seat. That was that was a good time. Hell yeah. But yeah, make sure you listen to I Enjoy the Show. It's a fun time. And I think that's all we got here. Yeah, and we hope that A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors have left your brain throbbing with horror. Bitch. This brings to close another episode of Throbbing with Horror. But fret not, friends. Another episode will be coming next week. Same time, same place. Be sure to check us out on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin wherever you find your quality social media.